obviously ethnic, well, so you could do you could do like a Mr. Lorenzino, a Dr. Lorenzino. Sir. Too bad. So he has it all the time. He's usually an asshole too. Lord Lorenzino, you got a lot of options here. Yeah. All right. Well, I've been actually recording for a little bit now, so. Oh, that's good because we're getting a lot of interesting family stories. All we didn't get them. All the gems are are locked in here. I don't think that we need a a grand tale or anything to kick us off. So let's just let's just jump right into it. If you're uh, if you're just now getting started listening to us, this is the Enemy Slime Podcast. This is episode number forty nine. So we are one week away from turning fifty. Which is the, I, I, I looked it up to find some celebrities who are the same age, but I can't find any celebrities that are 50 weeks old. So we'll figure that out another time. Um, I have with me... Northwest? Oh, yeah. Northwest is probably pretty close. <laughs> um, so I'm your usual host, Jared. I have with us Lucio Lorenzino. Hello. We have Doug Wilson. That's I. Uh, and the return this week of Mr. J. Joseph... Yeah, that's, uh, I was off fighting crime, but I figured it would be special enough to come back for this week. He sounds he sounds fit and ready. Uh, it's as though the criminals didn't impede him at all. Not at all. Not one bit. It's perfect. And then we have uh, a special treat tonight. We are joined this week by uh, the developers of Cannon Brawl, which is uh, Turtle Sandbox Games. And that is made up of, of two halves, that being Teresa Duringer. Hello. And Mr. Pete Engstadt. Hey. And so, I mean, we we talked a little bit about if there was news, if there were games and things like that. But I feel like, uh, you know, having these guys here, it would be a, a waste to kind of talk about some of that stuff when we could, of course, talk about Cannon Brawl. So, first of all, has everyone played it here except for Jay? I No, I played it. Oh, you played it too? Yeah. Oh, so We've ev- all played it now. So everybody has played Cannon Brawl at this point. Um, We have talked about it before on the podcast, but I think before we do anything else, I always really, I can describe the game, but nobody is ever going to describe the game better than the people who made it. I don't know if either one of you want to take a lead on that and maybe just tell us what Cannon Brawl is again so that we can kind of reiterate that. Pete, take it away. (laughs) (laughs) It's a 2D action strategy game that mixes destructible terrain with ballistics and economy and territory elements. It's kind of a, a whole new strategy genre. Yeah, I would say that sums it up pretty nicely. So um, we've kind of described it a little bit before, uh, and I think that uh, we did post a review for it a little while ago. So there's that, of course, that you can go check on the site to see that as well. I would have described it. it it's it's so many kind of games at once to me that it's tough to to kind of nail it down. But if we were to simplify it to like comparisons, I would. I would mix like, you know, Scorched Earth and it's, I don't know if this is an insulting comparison, but it, it's got like kind of an Angry Birds feel to it when you're aiming the cannons and uh, it's just got so many pieces to it. That... You've got to have worm, you know? You've got to have worm. Come on, really. Well, the children. I, I actually thought more worms meet StarCraft. The ch- that's that's what we get a lot. That's I'm, the most popular. I'm skewing to a younger audience. The kids nowadays, they don't know worms anymore. They just well, know. And learn. They just know Angry Birds and <laughs> Cannon Brawl, and that's it. So. Education valuable. So, uh, on top of telling us a little bit about the game, tell us tell us a little bit about the two of you. So, what are your respective kind of roles at, at Turtle Sandbox? Uh, we kind of do everything since there's only two of us, but I handle the programming and design. Yes, and I am mainly responsible for art, but Pete is also a talented artist, and I also program. So we really like cross over quite a bit. And um, 
I think the big thing that, that we we do pretty much everything we do, you know, the, the marketing, PR, web, community, business, all that. The the big thing we don't really do is sound and um, music. Oh, okay. And who did you guys outsource the uh, music and audio to? We had Disaster Peace compose our score, our music, and uh, we got all our sounds off SoundSnap. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Great. And that's uh, that's Rich Freeland. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's really talented. I do want to point out that the game has, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been kicking around for a little bit, and it's got a, a pretty good collection of accolades, I think, to it. Uh, I think, what, in, in 2012, you guys were in the PAX 10, Mm-hmm. And then uh, you guys also won the Activision Independent Games competition. And I think back then it wasn't called Cannon Brawl anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys were calling it, was it Destroyed? Yes. Yeah, that's right. So what was the what was the reasoning behind the, the name change? Was it just kind of a, a marketing thing or was it a trademark thing? Or well, It was just Cannon Brawl better describes what's happening in the game. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think so. It's a, it's, a, it's a catcher title too. So Yeah. Destroyed was like missing some vowels too. And I think like, you know, that can sometimes be hard to, you know, get people to put in the right URL or Twitter tag or something like that. So I don't know, Cannon Brawl was a little more straightforward. Mm -hmm. And so as the games kind of progressed, I don't know if you can give us, and sometimes you don't remember, you know, obviously 2012 is is a pretty decent time ago. What, What kinds of stuff has kind of evolved since then? In 2012, were you guys, I feel like the game really skews towards multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and definitely, you know, wants that. When you guys were very first demoing this, did you have a campaign in mind, or is that something that kind of evolved later on? When we demoed it at PAX, we had, um, I think, half the campaign done, but we weren't showing that. We were just showing the multiplayer. You were just showing the multiplayer? Okay. Yeah. Oh, can we, can we go back a little further than that? I mean, how did you guys uh, yeah, where, uh, meet, meet? How did, like, development of the game start? Uh, so I started a prototype version of this game way back in college and then didn't do anything with it for years and years. And then Teresa and I used to work together at Maxis. Mm-hmm. And then after I after I entered it in that Activision thing and we won the money, then we started developing it full time. Yeah, that Activision contest really was like, oh, someone else believes in this, so maybe it's... It's worth, you know, jumping, jumping ship and going indie mm-hmm. and taking the risk. Mm-hmm. Pursuing, yeah. If I can deviate for a second, what, what kinds of stuff were you guys doing at Maxis? Um, or- I was doing all, all kinds of things. I started out doing QA and then I was the community manager and then um, I shifted into production. And when I left, I was doing um, software engineering, basically um, lots of UI coding and, and stuff like that. So kind of got the gamut. Okay. Very cool. And uh, out of curiosity, you mentioned that you guys have both done some development work on it. What do you? What is uh, it running in? I can't remember. You guys weren't using Unity, were you? Nope. We are using C Sharp and XNA. That's right. I think I remember uh, Teresa telling me that. Mm-hmm. Very respectable. It's. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want to denigrate on Unity or anything, but it's always it's so refreshing to you know walk into the indie mega booth at PAX and. I mean, everybody you talk to is just unity, 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 and so it's nice to it's nice to see somebody who took a different path. It's definitely a, re- a refreshing thing. So um, I want to, you know, I feel like we're bouncing a little all over the place here, like pong. But I do want to go back to uh, get us get us under control, Jay. <laughs> yeah, get us under control. I do want to go back and ask, kind of, um, you know, what was that jump like? Because you, you said, I, 
you know, you were both working at Maxis. I wonder if you guys saw something for yourselves kind of in the more uh, traditional path, so to say, in developing video games. And uh, it was a little scary at first making the jump to indie, just, you know, kind of what that experience was. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I know that, like, when I started at Maxis, I, I learned so much. And I, I think I mentioned I was wearing all these different hats. And I had some, some wonderful, incredible mentors who worked there and you know, just helped me pick up, pick up all kinds of stuff. But at some point, I, I found that, um, you know, the bigger companies tend to push you to specialize. And um, I was doing so much stuff, it was really hard for me to do that. So that really pushed me to go indie. But then, yeah, it was totally scary. It's like jumping off a cliff, like <laughs> goodbye insurance, goodbye, you know, all the other safety nets and everything that comes from working somewhere so established it was a total leap of faith see i don't i don't know anything about that because i've just been a bum all my life <laughs> actually, actually, I, I used to be a big corporate guy and then i, I just couldn't do that so um that is that is really interesting and how about how about you pete um it's i think it's interesting because when you're at a big company and they're making decisions that you don't agree with and or the thing doesn't turn out the way you wanted it, you can always be like, oh, you know, it wasn't my fault. It was it was forces outside of my control. Like your your success and your failure is is distributed across the company. Mm-hmm. But when you're by yourself, then if anything goes wrong or things didn't turn out the way you wanted, that's all you. Yeah. That's really scary. There's so much responsibility. I wasn't I don't know, I it, it kind of didn't really sink in until we were really making the game. So um, I want to kind of try and, and stay in that period here, but let me let me just ask you guys a couple things. So I always like to know about inspiration, and I think that we you, you we talked about a couple different games and talked about kind of what it feels like. Um, just it, unrelated to the development of Cannon Brawl, like just on a personal level, what are some of your guys' favorite games? I have a lot, but I <laughs> like... We, we got all night, man. Let's... Follow <laughs> yeah. so our uh, podcast. I think Company of Heroes, excellent strategy game. Mm-hmm. League of Legends, also great. I really enjoyed the first Mass Effect and Zelda Wind Waker, the Wind Waker version. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I think those are some of my top favorites. Is that really, really, really kind of like the more games where you have to spend a little brain power behind it? And, yeah. Uh, apply strategy and all that, which makes sense. <laughs> I also really like the qualification on the first Mass Effect. That's the, first one. <laughs> yeah, the first one, sure. It's a good first one. one. The first one had a lot of promise. Like, you know, the driving on the planets and stuff wasn't all the way there, but it felt like the direction they were going was really interesting. And then on, then they dialed it back on the second one, which was a little... It's like, yeah, and Bioware has this weird thing that they do where... If somebody criticizes a, an aspect of the game, they just kind of get rid of it instead of trying to work on it. Yeah. Uh, and I really missed the Mako in the later games because it just gave you a feel of scale that you didn't have on yeah, exactly. the newer games. It was really interesting. Wait, a really interesting direction to take that kind of game. And then, mm-hmm. then they kind of made it more like just a, just a normal shooter with abilities. I think, yeah. I think you've made that comparison before, Lucio, saying that Bioware kind of removes stuff from their games as they as they go. And it's funny because I've always compared them as kind of the opposite of, of Ubisoft, where like that you know they release Assassin's Creed and everybody's like, there's not enough to do, and so they just fill the game with too much stuff to do. <laughs> and then Bioware kind of does the exact opposite, where you're like, I don't like this, and so they're like, okay, we won't ever do it again. <laughs> yeah, we had this conversation before. And yeah, 
Uh, it's like you said one time, it's like we're an old married couple because we're already telling the same stories to each other. Podcast or podcast. But... Yeah, that's how you keep, no. that's how you keep things interesting. <laughs> you have a couple of games for us lined up that you enjoyed? Oh, yeah. Um, I think like my, my big favorite was Fallout. And you guys, um, I, I was listening to your last podcast and you mentioned Fallout 4. And I was like, oh, man, that would be so, so cool. <laughs> Fallout 4. Fallout's Fallout's kind of rad, and um, which Fallout? I really got into Fallout Three. I I I haven't actually gone back and played the older ones just because I feel like sometimes when I do that, going back and playing a game that you don't have that nostalgia with, you you know, all the things about the controls, all the advancements that have been made. um, Sometimes I think it's hard to, if you don't have the nostalgia, it's hard to like you know fall in love with those games. It's hard to go back to the um, kind of uh, prehistoric version, so to speak. Right. Um, Totally. Totally. Um, Although people do say they hold up. So, I mean, you know, maybe one of these days I will get around to that. There's there's um, a strong hmm? barrier to entry, though, with them. Like they because we don't have like manuals anymore. um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody else felt this way, but like Fallout 2 is so hard to play without a a manual to it. (laughs) It just feels weird. Uh, I mean, I feel feel that way with a ton of video games. It's like Fallout, I can't go back and play. Grand Theft Auto is hard to go back and play. It's just there are a couple of franchises like that where um just that feel absolutely lost compared to what you have nowadays honestly wasteland 2 might be a better point of entry if you want mm. that kind of experience yeah but what uh, I, we, we interrupted what else were you going to say Teresa? oh um that's okay um also um, one of my favorites is plants versus zombies um it's really solid it was a big inspiration for my work on cannon brawl um just the joy you know it's just like so lighthearted and but there's still so much logic and interest and depth um so that kind of game really captured me and um yeah i i mean i'd have to admit i'm i'm a pretty big board gamer so i do spend a lot of time like on tabletop and stuff um and i do think that influences our game like my game design decisions what what kind of uh board games then are we talking here um well let's see um Right now, I'm playing a lot of Terra Mystica, and um, God, I mean, there's so many. Let's see, like Race for the Galaxy is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Caverna. Um, do you guys play any of these? I'm assuming if you like Race for the Galaxy, you probably like Puerto Rico too. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I use um, San Juan as like mm-hmm. when I'm teaching new people Race for the Galaxy. I have them play San Juan first just to get a hang of the like role choosing and stuff like that, those mechanics before going full fledged into the UI kind of barrage because mm-hmm. there's a lot of UI. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big uh, we don't talk about board games very often on this because I don't know if anybody else plays them, but I was always a big uh, Dominion fan. I don't know if you oh, ever. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, I'm 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 really not not to toot a horn here, but I'm very good at it, and I don't know anybody. Oh, really, who, I don't know anybody who plays it. It's like the only thing that I got pretty good at, and like no one wants to play Dominion with me. So. Jared, if you well, invite you know me what? over, I'll play these things. Okay, come, yeah, let's. Considering Pete's reaction, you might get him too. <laughs> I challenge all of you because there's a web client and we can play. Oh, um, is there? And I don't want to I don't want to freak you guys out, but at um. 
um, there's a Kublai Khan, a, go, a board game convention that's local. And I, um, I did get second place in the, in the Dominion tournament. Oh, wow. Whoa. I didn't realize we had, and you know what? Uh, we be, might have, we might have to try this out and then all of you can kick my ass. Cause I've never touched Dominion. I, I do have yeah, to, I, mean, <laughs> I do have to confess I, because I don't get to play it very often. I haven't played since prosperity. So I don't know. Uh, I don't there know. You what... go. You're already making excuses again. Yeah. Well, she scared me, so <laughs> <laughs> I gotta yeah, dial it back down. Me. I didn't mess with like Dark Ages or is it Dark Ages? I think that's what it's called. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a couple expansions that have come out since then. It's a huge game. It's so crazy how much uh, how much content they've created for it. Yeah, but it's so approachable because you're only playing with ten different cards at a time. So I don't know. They've done a really good job with like replayability with content without making it too crazy. Like you can, anyone can always just enter, I think, you know, like, unless, like we were just talking about games that have just like so many more and more mechanics as you go. Mm -hmm. But I think that's, they did a good job with sort of like balancing that with the novelty. Kind of keeping it, uh, you know, like, like you said, just a really easy barrier to entry. Something I think I mentioned in the review for Cannon Brawl uh, that I really like about it is just how a lot of the strategy happens before the game even really starts just by choosing what units you're going to take into the battle. And yeah, um, that's something that I think is kind of really unique to it. And I, I'm not usually I, I think out of the four of us, I'm probably the one who plays uh, RTS games the least. And um, so I was not the best choice to review the game <laughs> because just by by description, it's not something that I normally would have would have thought I would have liked. But a lot of that decision making is kind of done beforehand for you just by, you know, selecting your units properly and making sure that you you know, are taking the right stuff into a fight. And uh, I, I really I liked that element to it. It made it made it feel a lot easier for me to get into. I wasn't having to memorize like, oh, I need to build this building and then that morphs into this building. And Yeah, the tech tree I, is, is, is a little, it's flatter, but it like it's handled in the, you know, pick five from the 20 selection style army selecting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think I'm glad you asked that games question because it, I think it does give us a lot of insight into kind of what inspired Cannon Brawl. And, uh, you know, despite what people's kind of opening thoughts might be on the game, it, you know, tells us where it's kind of really coming from with that design sense in terms of uh, just strategy and how it plays out. And it, it is kind of a, a little bit like a board game now that you point that out. Um, you know, um, and I think it's I think it's a, I think I probably play RTS the most. Unless Lucy wants to challenge me on that. Um, uh, no, I think you do play more than I do. I, I think Doug gets yeah. down with him pretty frequently. I see him on like Civ Five all the time. I do play a lot of Civilization. Oh, well, Civilization is on our RTS, though. Well, it's, it's, it's that same, it's like... No. It, it's that same well, thing. I don't want to play it. It's that. How about that? As, 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 a, guy, as a guy who, play, who plays RTS uh, arguably the most, I, want, you know, I think Cannon Brawl... Even though it's kind of really simple to um, to get into, there's a lot there in terms of just uh, fighting your opponents. And I would I haven't done it. I haven't done multiplayer yet. I would love to kind of see oh. how it is against people that are you know know the game. So let me it's let me add crazy. a let me add a qualification, which is although the game is very easy to get into, um, I don't think I've ever gone online and not gotten like completely spanked in a match. <laughs> yeah, every we I mean, I are freaking yeah. on that. I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I'm not I'm not saying that in a in a bad way, but um, it definitely even when I feel like I have like the greatest grasp on that game, it seems like there's always somebody who is, um, you know, 
clearly figured out a bunch of stuff that I haven't. And it's interesting. There are ways that I didn't even think they would be able to kill me that I've wound up being <laughs> that killed. They, that they figured out. <laughs> yeah. But when you when you say you're when you say you're working on it, what does that mean? Well, um, so Cannonball yeah, has a. It's a lot like chess, or it was a lot like chess, where once you gain an advantage and you don't slip up and you push that all the way to the end, it's it's basically a hundred percent you're going to win. Versus a game like poker, where you can have an advantage, but it's still possible sometimes for the other player to win. So, and then um, the other thing we didn't have is any way to like once you've made an early mistake, there wasn't a way to catch up. So yeah, because there's there's no like randomness or hidden information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we 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 just pushed a build today that has a, a kind of catch up mechanic a little bit that will help that will help you smooth out those early mistakes because really we want mistakes at the end of the game to matter the most rather than than a small slip at the beginning. Yeah, I saw you guys announce it. I think you were calling it a comeback bombardment. Does that sound right? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I, we've all played the game. Give us kind of the how does how does it work exactly? You can be a little more technical. I think on on the mechanics, we all know how it works. So now, when a building is destroyed, you gain you have this little meter in the top of the screen, and it and you build up power in this meter. And when the meter is completely full, which usually happens when the enemy is really you know about to kill you, then you can call in an off map artillery bombardment. That will kind of clear out, or hopefully clear out a little bit of the enemy buildings and give you a chance to catch your breath and rebuild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um almost kind of like um you know the fighting game mechanic where um you know if you pull off your special moves and whatever your bar feels a little, but if you're really getting your ass kicked, your bar feels yeah, exactly. a lot. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of parallels in the in the pacing and the the type of game that Cannonball is. Uh, compared to fighting games. So it's a good analog. <laughs> and another thing that will hopefully um, address the the issue of getting your butt whooped when you start out in uh, multiplayer is we're trying to get a lot more players in the game. So, I mean, I was just down in IndieCade, you know, hyping the game up, and hopefully there will be some interest from that. And, you know, we're thinking about maybe doing um, some kind of demo that will let people get into the online multiplayer for free. So... We're really exploring ways to try to like make that experience more fair, just so people don't feel kind of crappy about just getting beat the first time. So right. let me ask. Um, we were kind of for a while we were doing really good, and we were following like a timeline here. And I wanted to kind of go back in time just a little bit and ask you guys. Um, you you dabbled in early access uh, with this game. And we we talk a lot about it on the podcast, and we all feel different ways about it. Um, I wanted to know just kind of how your guys' experience with that model is. Do you think that's something that you're going to wind up doing for your next game? Was it a positive thing, or was it... I think it depends on the game. Like if mm-hmm. you have a, a game with high replayability mm-hmm. in which you can make updates too frequently, then it makes sense, like Cannonball, for example, or if you have a roguelike game something like that um, also but, in a, a multiplayer game you know where you need that large community um the early access really helps out with that a lot that's how, true how was the community for you did you guys run into a lot of people who didn't the biggest problem i think that early access usually has is there's just a huge volume of people who don't understand what the model is and what they're really paying for uh when they buy it did you guys get a lot of that kind of stuff where people were um you know kind of giving you trouble because of it or, or do you think it was really well received and pretty much just you know worked out we did, great 
we didn't really get any any hate or anything like that because when we launched the game, it was pretty polished and and really fun already. Mm-hmm. We were kind of looking for like what are the what are the parts of the game that people find most interesting and how can we expand those? Mm-hmm. And then we also wanted to get a bunch of people in to test the network multiplayer, but there was like the game was already pretty solid. So, are there any? Yeah, people... oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go right ahead. Are... I was just going to say people were ridiculously supportive. Um, I think part of that was just because we were one of the earlier games on early access. Um, that um, th- I don't think what early access was has had been as established. You know, it was like people were s- still kind of figuring that out, and really, I think they were there was a lot of excitement, and um, people hadn't. I think people hadn't been burned yet. Um, it, we got so much positivity. People were posting and like coming up with ideas. Like we we would have this dialogue with our community um, about like what buildings and stuff they wanted to see, and then we would just go make them. So I don't know. There was this like really cool communication between the community and us that seemed like it worked out really well. And and coming from like EA, I don't think I was even prepared for that positivity because right. there's so much hate against large sort of anonymous feeling corporations when you go indie. There's just so much love. It's almost like you'd have to really screw up even to be at neutral because, like, people just default to loving you because you're indie. I don't, and that's a big generalization, but that was just kind of my experience. It was pretty I, awesome. I, 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 I do think it um it depends, but it's good that your India uh, experience has been mostly positive, and I and I think that um I think that's just know, I, I, think, I think that's indicative of the quality of the game. I feel like I think, I think that really is. I think I think that kind of shows the quality of the game because then it attracts kind of the right fan base, and I think that's a kind of good distinction to have as, in terms of the type of game that's on early access because we've never really discussed that before, and we've, we've never really gotten an, a uh, a developer perspective on it before. Um, <laughs> and it kind of makes sense in terms of you know what is this game going to offer that's different from when it was in early access, and you know what. How how involved are the creators in this work? Well, and I don't I don't want to I don't want to like throw any shade here, but and I don't I don't fully know the timeline. But if you were a community manager at Maxis, say like around the Spore era, <laughs> yep, I, I imagine <laughs> Maxis Cactus. I imagine that you had a pretty rough. I like you probably understand the entire depths of just how like cruel and mean the internet can can truly get. Yeah, um, I really had no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, yeah. A, it's a whole new world, so I'm glad. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. I guess some, I guess the moralist really... I would say I'm glad you guys made a good game because I think that <laughs> so are we. I think that there are lots of <laughs> indies who could probably re- you know tell a very different experience of when they launched on early access and the kind of reception they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to be fair, it also sounds like you guys. Uh, did the community management the right way too because a lot of times they just mm-hmm. um, you know kind of forget about fans and the, there's very little dialogue and I think you guys definitely didn't take that path so yeah. I've but yeah. the thing is you're good at your jobs so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the that's the gist of it yeah I've even gone as far as if anyone writes us a, a negative review I'll talk, contact them about it and you know try and fix any issues they had or wow. anything like that. And most wow. people are like, well, the developer actually cares what I say. Yeah, it's a unique uh, it's a unique thing. Let me let me ask one That's more question on early access. And you guys kind of talked about this a little bit, but are there any specific changes that come to mind that you made to the game, like large changes that you wound up making 
because of that player feedback that you were able to have during the early access period? Uh, we made a ton of balance changes that I would mm. not have been able to make on my own. Mm-hmm. That took the help of a lot of very skilled players to come up with. And and sometimes we also just didn't see the obvious, you know, like um, you guys were talking about how there's so much strategy before the game takes place. Like, for example, when you're choosing your loadout. And one thing we didn't have as a feature was that you could look at the map when you're choosing your loadout. And it's mm-hmm. pretty obvious, cool thing. The community's like, hey, we want to see the map. So we just stuck that. So there's just lots of features that just, I think, made the game so much better because people went ahead and took the time to point them out to us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because since we're kind of there, and since uh, we're kind of doing this loose timeline thing, I, I want to know, um, you know, after you kind of like finally made the jump into the the deep end of the pool, um, just how that experience has been, how 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 it's been um, receiving these uh, accolades and and uh, kind of just taking the game around and showing it, and and uh, with re- with with journalists, um, reviewers, all all that kind of stuff we got a little sense of the community but everything outside of it i would say the, the journey afterwards it's been pretty crazy i mean we got to do stuff that we would never have been able to do working for a big company and like interacting with fans when you're showing at pax is is pretty pretty awesome you guys seemed like things were going pretty well when i stopped by the booth too like it seemed like people were having a pretty positive reaction to the game and um it, you know, it, it looked, it's got to be nice to take it to a show like that and have people come up and play it and, I mean, pick it up as easily as you would have hoped that they would. And um, I think when I stopped by, I played a match just with, like, a stranger, and he'd never played the game before. And, I mean, he he was able to uh, hold up. I, I pretended that I'd never played the game. And, <laughs> and then that's nice of you. beat him really bad, though. <laughs> Jeez. That's one less sale for us. Yeah, it felt pretty good. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I lost. Well done, Jared. I got beat Thanks. down so hard online. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get him back. I feel like you owe us $15 now. Yeah, no, it's so cool. Like the thing I wasn't really expecting, it's, it always shocks me is like when people are like, oh, yeah, my, you know, my, my whole company plays this game or, oh, I heard of you guys because it's, you know, you spend, I mean, we've been making this for three years and like the most of that people, most of, most, most of that period people haven't heard of you. And so you're kind of just fighting to get some attention and there's so many indies right now. And just, you know, having someone play your game at all is kind of like a win, you know, and, and now just, um, going to indicate and some of the, you know, packs just happen and stuff like starting to have people who are like, oh yeah, I already know about your game and like I can teach my friend how to play. It just feels really incredible. Like here's this little thing I made and someone cares about it. I don't know. It's always kind of shocking and awesome and a really good feeling. I mean, this is this is definitely the type of game that I would take to kind of all my friends and say, hey, you need to download this and we need to go up against each other online and just uh, uh, play it really obsessively because I mean, I've, <laughs> I've done it in the past. So it's, uh, uh, you know, I think, I think that's just... It's just a testament to kind of like the design and uh, again the creativity behind uh, this title. So I don't think any of us have actually gone up against each other, so we should probably do that and yeah, see should. see who the top cannon brawl player is. Speaking it'll, it'll be me. Speaking of which, let me of course ask you guys and be honest here: which of you is the better cannon brawl player? Me. <laughs> 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 and also oh, it's I'm not. 
Perfect. So, oh, I, I, I think I hold my own, I gotta say. It's pretty even. It's fascinating to me to watch uh, creators play the game sometimes. Um, I went to, when I was at PAX, I went to some like after the show indie event and there was a guy there who made a, a puzzle game called Tumblestone. Oh yeah. And um, I went ahead and, and played it for a little bit. And after I had played it, I was like, why don't you jump in? And he's like, you don't want that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, <laughs> just why don't you jump in and, and play with me? And so he jumped in and he played with me. <laughs> And I was like, are you doing the best that you can do? I was already losing pretty bad. I'm like, is this the best you can do? And he's like, oh, no, it can get so much worse. And I mean, like the games just started ending like in, you know, two second increments. Like this guy was just ridiculous at, at Tumblestone. And it was it was really funny because, you know, I, I asked him at the end. I'm like, you're I, I mentioned just, you know, you're very good. And he's like, yeah, I would. I'm the best person in the world at this game right now because no one else has this game. Um, right. So let me ask a follow-up question. Do you guys think that your player base has surpassed you at this point? Or oh, do you yeah. think you're still the kings of Canonbro? No. No, no we're no like, question. we yeah. have no talent compared to them. <laughs> Beautiful. I, I, I still think Enemy Slime should go up against the Cannon Brawl developers. <laughs> yeah, we should totally do that. Do it. Well, that'll, be, that'll be a pretty sad show, I'm sure. Good but tournament. Um, Let's set that up. So let me ask also... Uh, in kind of talking about player skill and stuff like that, um, and I think I think Teresa, you might have mentioned this before to me when I was originally just kind of talking to you about the game. It's obviously angled to fit into kind of an esport world uh, nicely. Um, has anything happened so far in in that realm, or what do you hope is going to happen in the future with that? Well. Um... One we, day we'll we... displace League of Legends. Oh, yeah. You guys are like almost there, right? Uh, almost. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, we do have like um, a lot of people on Twitch that have been playing the game, and that's really fun. Just kind of getting really, you know, really competitive, and the kind of people who are able to commentate while they're playing, like that, t- that unique talent of kind of that stream of consciousness strategy talk while you're playing, paying attention to something really complicated going on. And there's a local event in San Francisco called the uh, eSports Showdown. And we go to that all the time. We went last week and showed the game. And it's really fun. Like, we have people playing all night. And I, I really hope that we can kind of catch on in that community because I think it's really cool. I think it lends itself nicely to um, kind of an announcer layout, too. Like, I, I, that's always an important thing, you know, with eSports is that you can have people kind of commentating over the game. And I, I think it's really set up in that way where... You can look at it and understand what's happening, but it's even better if you have like a skilled player who's narrated, narrating it and saying like, oh, he's doing this and he's doing this because he's hoping that this will happen. And um, Yeah. I think I think the game lends itself to that really nicely. So, uh, Jared, are, are, are we would be getting ahead of ourselves to kind of ask about the, the, the future now, like uh, uh, kind of the future of Cannon Brawl, uh, what you might what you hope might happen with the title and uh, afterwards, if you guys are planning anything else uh, aside from Cannon Brawl. Um, yeah. So like let me, let me mention that it seems like you guys have been, you know, supporting it pretty fervently so far. Um, a lot of developers just kind of release and are done and that's it. And it seems like, I, I mean, the, uh, the comeback bombardment is a gigantic update to me at least. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so what, what kind of plans, is there anything that you can tell us about that you guys have lined up for the future or? Uh, yeah, the well, next thing we're looking into is porting the game to PlayStation and Xbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that would be neat. And so uh, that would definitely be awesome. Are you? And I, I know how these things are. So if you can't tell us, it's not a big deal. But <laughs> are, how how far along is that kind of stuff? Do you guys think that we'll hear something soon about it? Or 
Uh, who knows? Yeah. It's, it's looking like it'll happen. Great. Yeah, we're kind of courting, you know, potential publishers and talking to um, Sony, Microsoft, and um, those guys. And um, But we're not forgetting our PC community. Like, we're definitely still continuing to release updates and um, cool stuff for that, too. I don't know. We really want to, like, support this game and the community mm-hmm. because it's so cool and you know it's kind of crazy that it even exists and uh i can cut this out if you can't talk about it but again um we talked about kind of nintendo beforehand too and you had mentioned the uh wii u maybe was something that you guys might have your sights on do you have any like unique ideas on what you could do with that system versus what you've done with with the others I think there could be opportunities with the controller. Uh, we haven't really gone into a lot of design exploration there, but I can I can see you know like using you know the controller for the mini map or um, or for, I mean for the world map or something like that. Um, I think we just need to explore the business relationship before we really go crazy on the design there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, definitely getting on consoles would be a great way to kind of like just expand the community and um, what. You know, supposedly, uh, these companies now want to really support indie uh, titles. So it would be interesting to see how that goes. I have been, yeah. I have enjoyed online play, but I actually really think this game shines more as a local kind of couch multiplayer experience. So I'd be really excited to pick it up on like PlayStation 4 or something like that. Like, I think that'd be a great fit for it. Or Xbox. They're all great fits. They're all wonderful consoles. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because then you're going to ride in with like a similar, probably a similar skill set, skill level as your friends and have the matches will probably be yeah. a lot more fun because of that. Yeah. Totally. Right. I've already considered doing something similar and just like taking a, a MacBook and hooking it up to the TV and, you know, trying that kind of setup and. Yeah, we do that all the time. People love it. It's such a good thing to like spectate on too. You know, if you're kind of intimidated and you don't want to play, um, or if you're just like watching better, um, mm-hmm. a lot of people do that. Yeah. Have you guys uh, and same same deal with like the Nintendo stuff? Have you guys also considered uh, mobile at all? Because I, I I do feel like it would translate nicely to a, a touch kind of interface like an iPad or something like that. Yeah, we yeah, take some design work, but yeah, that would be a good good route to check out have you ever messed around with it on like a surface or something like that before because i think it would run like natively on a surface I, I don't know how well it would work but um i think you'd get a lot of that mouse translation already just yeah, by... jared you really really want this touch technology i'm a, game i want to <laughs> you know cannon brawl in bed that's what i want to do it sounded weirder Hey, baby, you want, you want to come bed. to bed and get some cannon brawl on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't, uh-huh. don't judge me. That's what you kids call it these days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, who knows what they're doing now. Um, let me ask this. I asked you guys about your favorite games, and I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but let me also ask, is there, and uh, help me if this question doesn't make sense, is there a game that maybe inspired you guys, when you were making Cannon Brawl, that to a casual observer, they never would make that connection? Like, is there something that you specifically were kind of influenced by that I would have never noticed, for example? I think, like, um, coming back to, like, the board game thing, the um, a lot of people ask when we're coming into um, the the loadout screen, and there's the different costs of items, but there's no, like 
pool of money there. And it's, it's not intuitive. Like why do these items cost different amounts if I'm not spending money right now? And one thing I like to to say, which, you know, is kind of touches on our design sense is magic, the gathering, you know, if, if you're playing magic, um, you're going to want to draft a range of costed spells because you've got your early mid and late game. And so that's, that's really what the cost is, is referencing. It's not something that you're buying right away. And, um, so I think we have influence from, I don't think anyone is going to look at our game and think magic, the gathering, but that's kind of a cool influence. That makes a lot of sense. No, I can actually Uh, see it. I mentioned it. That that was uh, that was exactly the kind of answer I wanted to a question that I wasn't sure if it made any sense. So, okay. <laughs> but, so here's the here's the kind of question I know uh, you want to be asked because I know I'd love being asked it about my work. Um, and, you what know, does it mean for, for, for you specifically? Um, it was just kind of like like getting the inspiration and all that. Just just kind of where did the the um, um, the the spark? What's the creative process? like between you two what's, what's it kind of like bouncing around these ideas and just working on the game do you guys like call each other in the middle of the night and say oh hey i had a this great idea for a tower let's put this in the game let's just let's just talk about where it comes from in terms of a uh, personal space we communicate exclusively by carrier pigeon <laughs> only, okay. only on full moons so <laughs> no seriously though we play a lot of frisbee like we just go outside and play frisbee and kind of i mean i think we're both kind of outdoorsy people you know, secret outdoorsy people who, you know, closeted outdoorsy people who live as indie developers, but we'll go outside, go hiking, um, and, and really like mull over ideas kind of in a less sort of structured space. And that, and that can be fun to just like kick back and chat a little bit. Mm-hmm. And just kind of, um, in a design sense, just kind of, um, you know, because, because all of this takes some careful consideration and thinking just, um, you know, why did you just decide on the art style that you decided on? You know, why, why, um, um, yeah, let's start there. <laughs> well, that one's really interesting. A lot of people, um, play the game and are like, oh, this is such an obvious homage to Worms. And, um, embarrassingly, I had not played Worms before I arrived at that art style. Um, I've got, I've gone back and played since, but, um, I think they probably came to the same conclusion that I did when the art was a little bit more, um, there was a little bit more style and uh, stylization and contrast and depth to the art in the past. And that just was too cluttered on the screen. There's so many units on the screen all at once. You know, you see the entire map on one screen. Um, so cartoon was just the natural like way to go mm-hmm. um, to sort of serve the function of the game. So that's, that's anyway, that's where sort of our, my art kind of came from. Well, and now I guess, I guess I'll just kind of, um, Cap this off. Um, have either of you kind of have have a favorite moment related to Cannon Brawl that was uh, kind of unexpected or the most fun thing you've seen, maybe online or featuring at a convention or just playing against each other? Um, you know, just as a for me, it was game. when we showed the game at Minecon. Yeah, uh, and there's um, that's a younger audience, mm-hmm. and these two kids were playing. They must have been like seven and ten or even less than that maybe like seven and five and anyway the older brother beat the younger brother and then the younger brother just started bawling Aww. just Aww. sobbing his dad had to come get him and be like oh, don't worry he does this all the time but i was <laughs> like my game that- has made a small child cry i was gonna say so, <laughs> so just so just to recap pete's favorite thing is that he made a small child cry. <laughs> oh my god um for me there's like this crazy moment where there was like like I don't 
ever think of us as celebrities at all. Oh, and yeah. Then, yeah, and then there was this moment we were at PAX and this um, this guy who plays the game and was really excited. It was such a cool moment. So first of all, we have Cannonball t-shirts, but he came up to us in a Cannonball t-shirt that we did not make. He had designed his own Cannonball t-shirt and then he took it off in order for us to sign it. He just was like <laughs> hanging out with no shirt on. I mean, that was his dedication. And it was just like this really awesome, like he didn't even give a crap moment. Um, that was just really fun, you know? That's definitely cool. Uh -oh. Sorry. How about some cool Cannonball War Stories? Oh, some like some like crazy wins. Have you ever? Yeah. Is there anything that comes to mind like that, where where like just an insane game that, or or has it all been pretty by the books? You know, sometimes maybe to give you an example, like sometimes I'll talk to a developer who you know puts this game together, and then stuff winds up happening in it that wasn't intentional. Like somebody kind of worked around their game. Um, I think you guys probably planned from the beginning to be able to like kill buildings with fall damage. But an example would be if you weren't planning that and you just noticed that players were doing that. Is is there anything like that that you guys have picked up on, or nothing that comes to mind? Uh, there was a ton of little little stuff that people were using at a level that we didn't expect. Mm -hmm. Like, and uh, we have this shield for the king that mm -hmm. that would generate every so often around his airship, and people. I always thought, oh, people will use this as a defense to protect their buildings. But people instead were using that really early in the game to like block the enemy from digging their own mine. Like they were uh, using the shield offensively. Oh, <laughs> that's clever. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. I, I mm -hmm. wouldn't have thought that actually. And there's another cool thing that we've seen people do with the uh, king, which is um, if there's a, if you can imagine sort of a double valley with a mountain in the middle, and there's a laser at the bottom of the left hand valley and a target at the bottom of the right hand valley. So you couldn't <laughs> shoot the laser through the mountain in the middle. Some people will use the laser and um, fire it up into the sky, and then there's a delay on the laser firing. So they'll fly their king airship right up top. And then, and then it reflects. The yeah, use the shield to reflect the laser beam back down. <laughs> and just like a lot of crazy advanced gameplay like that. That's, that's just super cool. cool to see. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what, what I was kind of looking for. That. That's perfect. Or, or there's always those moments where you'll see someone who has built up, you know, this, this like, they're kind of winning and they have all these level three buildings sort of like um, crowded on a floating island and the opponent's kind of falling behind, but they might get that like perfect drill shot that takes out all the land beneath them. And you see like... Right each building fall in ex in succession and just such a like sweet juicy moment where it's like oh the tides have turned all with one shot i've always thought about i've never actually tried it but i've always thought about doing like a balloon rush in that game where just i try to get over to them as quickly as i can mm -hmm. and start building stuff like right next to them i don't I don't know if that would actually work. But. Oh, it does. People have done that to us. Like, <laughs> it, it's it kind of catches you off guard because you're like, "What are you doing? You're spending all your money on balloons, you noob!" And then it's like, "Oh wait, I can't mine my diamonds." Mm -hmm. uh -huh, I see what you did there. Straight from the developers, they've been beaten by this strategy. Go ahead, Jared. All right, there we go. It's a lock. You know, you know how you're going to win the tournament now between us. So. <laughs> the great Cannonball tournament. Maybe what we'll do, maybe what we'll do is we'll we'll figure out between the four of us who the best Cannonball player is, and then we will pit that person as a champion against uh, against the the Turtle Sandbox team. And uh, I don't know what we win by doing that, but the, uh, honor something like that. Yes, bragging <laughs> rights. Yeah. 
Totally. I'll make up for the part where I uh, where I lost you guys a sale. I'm so sorry, <laughs> Jared. I didn't take my shirt off in their booth. I lost them. A, I'm just <laughs> terrible in general. Yeah. Let let me ask one more question that I have. I don't know if anybody else has anything else that they want to add, but um, to kind of go back in time, I always like to ask developers this: Are, Was there what was like the biggest? And if you can't get into specifics, that, that's okay. But what was like the biggest challenge that you guys had during development? Was there ever a moment where you were something like so detrimental happened that you were like, "Oh, I don't know if we can, you know, actually wind up doing this." Anything like that that you guys had to overcome? Or do you have anything? If you, if, you, um, if you can't think of anything, that's great. I love the story that like it was all wonderful all the time. <laughs> no, I've got stuff. I've got stuff. I've got de- you know skeletons and demons. Deep, um, deep cuts. I don't know if we want to get too emotional, but um, like this is for me. This is the first game I've done a lot of art on, and I kind of feel like I didn't. I had a lot of self doubt, and I didn't feel like I had a lot of confidence mm-hmm. with what I was doing and I got super stressed out. And then I was also working out of my house. So I was kind of, I kind of got into a dark place a little bit with like my stress and I'm not there anymore, which is good, but do you guys, it was really tough. Do you guys have a well, physical I mean, uh, location or do you still just work from home? We do. We're squatting now in an ex valve office, which is actually pretty sweet. Nice. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Well, I, too. I, I mean, if it's, if it, if it, if it's, um, you know, if it matters any, I think the art style uh, really does really really does a great job of uh, just kind of uh, bringing out the best of the game and the strategy. It, it matters a lot. I, I, I'm playing something now. I won't say what it is. That's an indie game, and I'm um, really digging it. I'm, I love the mechanics and the controls, but the art style is just so kind of uninspired. I'm a little bored with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what I'm pretty sure I know what game you're talking about. Of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's crazy. that's so weird to me because their their prior entry was really good and yeah. that was actually maybe the best part of that game was the art style so um i guess the and, moral and of the story is keep doing what you guys are doing <laughs> yeah you know what you guys are doing and like i'm a very i'm a bit very visual guy and i love um um just like graphics and artwork and um i just did a huge project trying to unite a ton of different artists um with uh, varying success on that one, um, so I, I I say thumbs up on that. If you had anything to worry about, so I, I think uh, I think a lot of the perceived polish that I took away from the game was largely due to that art style. I mean, because when when a developer sends us a game, you know, I look at screenshots, I look at video before I decide if it's even something that we're going to be able to commit the time to, and and if it's something that's going to be worth doing. And uh, I, I can definitely tell you that, you know, that's the biggest swayer right there. I hate to say that that's what we look at most is how games look, but that's just the truth of it. Like, you can have an incredible game, and if it doesn't look like it matches the, the gameplay, it just doesn't work. So I, I don't is think that, you... Is that why you ignored my game that I gave you, um, Vomit Color 5000? <laughs> that's a great... <laughs> Great title there. <laughs> is that is that your foray into Unity? That is my foray into Unity. <laughs> Jay's first Unity game. It's just a big color that appears on the screen. No, I, I won't name names, but there are definitely games that we probably could have covered or would have covered that just didn't look right. Like, they could have had these great mechanics. And it's something that I've always... Uh, struggled with myself is it's really hard to just build something without a good visual aesthetic to it and I'm not an artist I'm like the farthest thing from an artist in the entire world 
And so like even our site, somebody else had to make that logo. I never would have made any logo of any kind and we just never would have started doing anything. So, oh yeah, I love how your site looks. It's really cute and gumdroppy and polished. I, I appreciate that, but it, it definitely <laughs> needs some work. So Gumdrop is a great adjective. Yeah, actually, yeah. I never thought of that, but that, that describes it pretty good. It does good. look gumdroppy, actually. I definitely, I haven't been a purple guy, but I'm feeling it more and more all the time. Oh yeah, I love it. So, so, it's a uh, royalty, sir. I, I definitely love purple, but I'm also black. So, But Jared, uh, <laughs> how... how how are we doing on time, Jared? Uh, let's see. We are just under 50. We're just over 53 minutes. So we've got maybe like seven minutes left if there's anything else that you want to. I have a finalish question, and that's just kind of uh, it's not really a question. It's just anything you guys want to say that we didn't get to. Any messages for the kitties out there or for your uh, former developer coworkers, perhaps, that you just want to say that? Ha ha, oh guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you say messages for the kitties, gosh, pay attention in math class. I had I had no idea how much like that was gonna be relevant to my adult life and programming. And I don't know. I wish someone had like told me that is gonna be useful because I had to relearn a lot of stuff that I didn't pay attention to as well as I should have. <laughs> See, my my lesson was the opposite. I didn't pay attention to math class, and so far it's paying off pretty well for me. <laughs> you stayed away from numbers. No, nobody <laughs> here is trying to break into the programming scene anytime soon. No, no, but let's just say that uh, yeah, I agree with that advice. <laughs> okay, yeah, you should you should agree with that advice. Actually. <laughs> yeah. What what about you, Pete? Any anything that you want to convey that we? Uh, Stay in school. Don't do drugs. <laughs> Stay in school. Don't do drugs. Wow, you guys are really. We're taking this kitties thing literally. Very much so. Um, it's very inspirational. I don't. I don't know if you guys got to play it, but I'm, maybe our next guest at the rate we're going can be the creators of the Counting Kingdom, and we can we can have them yeah. on and see. They they had a game at PAX this year that was a math game, so we'll bring them in and see. That's pretty good, actually. So, yeah, yeah, I think I've seen that one. I think actually. It looks pretty cool. It's actually pretty cool for an educational game. I hate to add a qualifier like that, but it's just <laughs> that's just kind of the truth of it. Like educational games are pretty much never good, and if they the ones that are good are easily the least educational. And so, like Oregon Trail or something like there's there's not a lot of education to be found there, right? Well, we all learn about what typhoid and dipther- dysentery. Or dysentery. Yeah. dysentery. Yeah, I think every <laughs> everybody knows what dysentery. Well, some of them don't though. They just know it kills you. You learned you learn that people died really quickly back then. Yeah, that like yeah. that's true. You just kind of drop like flies as soon as you go anywhere. And fording rivers, always the way to go. Yeah, fording rivers is a big deal. Also, you can, you can kill seven tons of meat and only take like four pounds. <laughs> yeah, so don't shoot, more, don't shoot more animals than you need to. All right. <laughs> yeah, conservation. Should we make that our, our final notice? Don't shoot more animals than you need to? That seems I think like a good so. All right. I think I've- we have just like we have two uh we have maybe like uh i think 30 seconds set aside for it jay go smash brothers how do you like it is it good it's it's fun i like it you could you could smash some brothers and it's it's a game that you can play is not a competitive game is super mario in the game uh super mario's in the game and super mario's brother Super Mario Two is also. But in not, the game. not not everybody is a brother to each other. I actually uh, I didn't I didn't ask. Everyone, about, everyone's kind of like the universal brother and and sister, as the case may be. I didn't ask about Super Mario though. I asked about Super Mario. Is is he in? Yeah, there? he's there too. 
Okay. Good. That's the I didn't realize that you were one of those Mario people. Mario, Mario, whatever. No, no, there is no what whatever there. There's there's whatever. Someone there. back me up here. <laughs> tomato, tomato. All right. Well, let's uh let's cap it off there then. So you heard it here first, guys. Cannon Brawl, awesome. Smash Brothers, eh, it's okay. Um, Super Mario, he's in it. We'll talk about I, it. I would, I would recommend both, but I'm gonna recommend Cannon Brawl over Smash Brawl because um, the developers are here. <laughs> That's what it takes. There you go, perfect. All right. Well, like I said, we'll talk about uh, Smash Brothers a little more next week and uh, kind of resume normal function. But thank you guys a, a thousand times for uh, joining us. It's always great to have. <laughs> A developer on the show and this is the first time we've had developers on before but i think this is the only time where we've actually all played their game so yeah yeah i think that's true that's that's cool. been good um so oh, if you are uh if you're still listening if you hung on for dear life that long uh go subscribe to the podcast on itunes go check out our website it's enemyslime.com you really should have known that before you started listening to this uh you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at The Enemy Slime. And if you want to write us an email or anything along those lines, you can reach us at contact at Enemy Slime. And unless anybody has anything else, I think that's it. Well, I have got a shout out to our guests once more. Oh, yes, yes. So Teresa and Pete, thank you guys a million times for joining us. The, the company is Turtle Sandbox Games. And uh, Cannon Brawl is available on Steam and Microsoft yep. Surface. It's going to work. <laughs> and you can follow us on uh, Twitter at Cannon Brawl and hear, hear all of our developers yeah, stories and stuff perfect there you go I'm going to just talk a little bit more so when we edit this together it doesn't look like I played you off while you were talking with music you can play yourself off I'll play, play myself off here we go yes <laughs> alright